to Music Therapy and Beyond, a podcast focused on education, wellness, and advocacy for the music therapy profession. My name is Maggie, and I am a board-certified music therapist, and today I'm going to be talking about my personal experience working with children and adolescents with high needs via telehealth. I will be including some research about the pros and cons of working with this population via telehealth, my personal experience, and some resources and tips for other music therapists. Before we get started, let's just take a moment to collect ourselves with this brief music break. Let's get into it. As we all know, COVID-19 has created a lot of obstacles for many professions beginning this time last year. It has also wreaked havoc on people's lives and their health, physically and mentally. Can you believe that it's been a year since all of this started? It feels like it was yesterday and 10 years ago all at the same time. And life is different now and we have to adjust our ways of living in almost every way you could imagine. We are learning how to make bread at home, ration toilet paper, help our loved ones learn how to use Zoom, work from behind a screen, and ultimately learn how to cope with the never-ending fear that this disease has infused within all of us. Not to sound like too much of a pessimist, I can definitely see the light at the end of the tunnel and it appears as though we're going to make it out of this, and soon. I am so excited to see some things return to normal, but it's not going to happen overnight. I know for me personally, I will be doing telehealth within the school system until the end of this semester. I've only been working with these clients for the last eight months or so, so it's been a big learning curve to relate, understand, and build rapport with these clients through a screen. I'm sure that there are some other music therapists out there in a similar position as myself which is why I wanted to share my experience and the positive things that I have learned along the way. So first, 
Let's talk a little bit about the development of telehealth over the last year in music therapy. In an article published by Music Therapy Perspectives, David Knott, MM, MTBC, and Seneca Block, MA, MTBC, talk about how to develop and implement telehealth for music therapists according to their specific clientele. I'm sure that by this time you have figured out what works best for you and for your clients, but in case you are looking for a new way of delivering services, here are some steps they recommend taking. One, curate your online resources. Identifying pre-existing content like audio, videos, and music making instructions readily available online that reinforce the therapeutic uses of music or social and emotional learning concepts. Number two, create original content. Patients and clients may be directed to use music therapists, developed audio and video recordings of original music and interventions to meet therapeutic objectives. And three, implement telehealth. Telehealth approaches that may be utilized in practice will depend on several key factors like the organizational, operational, and clinical concerns. And given the range of options that constitute telehealth, chief organizational considerations define what is allowable and required for billing. It may take some trial and error to find what works best for you and your patients, clients, or students. There's not been any research specific to telehealth and special education as far as I know. That being said, it's important to remember that we are swimming in uncharted waters here and giving ourselves some grace if we make mistakes or things don't go as planned will be important for pushing forward and being our best selves for the people that we work with. Next, Let's talk about some of the pros and cons of working with high-needs children and adolescents via telehealth. I want to preference these tips by saying that my experience is mostly in the school setting, but many of these can also be extended for in-home therapy sessions. So let's start with the pros. The first one that comes to mind is being able to reach students that are learning from home, and live in a remote area. Similarly, if that student has mobility issues or travel barrier, telehealth is a great option. As long as that student has access to the internet, they're able to receive services that they might not have been able to receive before. Another pro related to telehealth is the ability to see more people than you might have before, since travel time is not a factor. And lastly, it allows clients to continue to receive services and us as music therapists to continue to work with these individuals. This is the biggest pro to telehealth in my opinion. 
Now, some of the cons of telehealth are that you are at the mercy of the internet. If the internet randomly cuts out during your session, then you're out of luck and have to reschedule and work around that situation. Also, music making can be difficult. Because of the time lag, live music making can be very difficult via telehealth. And some of the schools that I serve don't have access to readily available instruments, which also poses a problem. Some have instruments in the classroom, but they may be of low quality and not be adapted to meet the needs of the specific client. And lastly, it isn't normal. I think this is the biggest problem I have when working with high-needs children and adolescents via telehealth. How many people are they going to meet and interact with solely through a screen within their lifetime? Outside of this year, the number will be very low. Building rapport with someone when you can't feel their physical energy, read their body language, and physically interact with them is difficult and can create a boundary when building a therapeutic relationship. This is definitely a con to teletherapy and one that I've found difficult. In my opinion, it is also not as enjoyable as working with a client in person. With all of this being said, I have still seen a tremendous amount of growth within most of the individuals that I serve, even through a screen. I do believe that some people respond better to this approach than others, but when it's all that you have, I've seen teachers, paraprofessionals, students, and even myself make the most of it. So let's take another brief music break to let all of this information sink in before talking about some resources and tips when working via telehealth with children and adolescents with high needs. Okay, welcome back. Now for the moment you've been waiting for. 
I want to start off by saying that I am a new music therapist, so I have been learning a lot over the last eight months. I'm not an expert on this subject, but I have found some things to be helpful and would like to share some of my thoughts and ideas with you. Working with individuals via telehealth can be challenging in and of itself. Working with children and adolescents who have high needs is even more of a challenge. This is made even more difficult in classrooms where a large number of students are in the same room. Many of the classrooms I work in, therapy is provided in the classroom so the environment can be unpredictable and distracting, which adds to the difficulty of providing teletherapy. I believe it's also important to acknowledge that sometimes the student you're working with may not respond well to receiving music therapy via telehealth, especially if they have responded well to in-person music therapy. If they do not respond well to receiving music therapy online, then you might see that they aren't making as much progress towards their goals as you would see in normal circumstances. I have also observed some students thriving in this format. Here are a few things that I have learned over the last few months. Number one, patience. Giving the student ample time to respond because of the lag in video, having realistic expectations for your client and yourself. For instance, they may not meet their goals as fast as you might expect them to for in-person therapy. Be patient with yourself as well. Try new things, rework old things, and be prepared to adapt and change at a moment's notice. Number two, Consistency and predictability are so important. In a time where things are so uncertain, something we can do is provide consistency and predictability for our students. This means showing up, ready to go at the same time every week. This can be difficult with classroom schedules, snow days, low staff, inconsistent attendance internet connectivity issues, classmate behaviors, just to name a few. But doing our very best to show up consistently is necessary for both their progress and your therapeutic relationship. In the midst of all of this, being consistent and predictable for your clients and how you show up within the therapy session with regards to your tone, consequences, and within the structure of the session creates predictability for our clients and helps to build a safe space and secure relationships and therapeutic space. Number three, giving agency when it's appropriate. I'm sure that we can all relate when I say that a lot of things are out of our control at the moment and something we can do for our students is provide them with the opportunity to choose within the session and give them agency in a time where this is lacking more than ever. Of course, this is only if it's appropriate for your student and creating opportunities that are appropriate for your client's mean of communication is also important. 
Number four, making good use of the paraprofessional, teacher, caregiver, whoever is there for the session and involving them within the therapy. If your student is fortunate enough to have a paraprofessional with them during the session, you can utilize their presence and have them provide that physical interaction that you can't. For example, you can instruct them on where to position the student, the computer, iPad, tablet, whatever you're using, how to provide hand-under-hand assistance when the student is handling an instrument, how to provide physical prompting or rhythmic cueing in the body, modeling appropriate social interactions such as greetings or showing signs in ASL. Also, building rapport with paraprofessionals is so important. Remember their names, involve them in the conversation, and create a welcoming environment for them as well as the student. This is also helpful when encouraging them to extend or generalize some prompting or responses into the classroom. For example, showing them how to prompt the student to get a response. Showing sensory activities that the student can do when they feel unregulated or overwhelmed. It can be kind of difficult to feel confident in instructing a student's paraprofessional. And it's something that I have to remind myself and not to be afraid of instructing the paraprofessional on exactly what you would like them to do. If they are doing something that's not conducive to the student's experience, respectfully instructing them on how you'd like them to interact will make it easier for everyone involved and specifically for the student and his, her, their progress. Now I'd like to go into some resources and tips for my fellow music therapists out there. So first I want to say to make sure to check the show notes for some links to some great online resources that I found. It can be really exhausting to constantly come up with new interventions for our students. So reaching out to others and seeing what has worked for them can be so valuable. Here are just a few resources that I've found to be helpful when creating and reworking music therapy interventions. First, Facebook. I know what you're thinking, but Facebook groups are really great. I'm a part of a few Facebook groups like Music Therapy, Teletherapy, Intervention Swap, and Music Therapy Song Share. I have found so many great resources through these groups, and I highly recommend joining them. And number two, seeking supervision. Especially as a new music therapist, I have been seeking constant supervision and advice from coworkers and other music therapists. Seeking supervision and brainstorming with a team of people has been so beneficial for me. If you are working as the only music therapist at your workplace, don't be afraid to reach out to the music therapy community online. There are so many creative people out there and just wanting to help 
you succeed. Also, using an interface for the best sound quality if the, the streaming service is compatible. I currently have a Focusrite 2i2 interface and microphone, and it works very well for recording and providing quality audio via telehealth. I'm currently using WebEx with my students. I prefer Zoom because I think that the video and audio streaming is clearer, but WebEx works as well. Just so you know, if you are using WebEx, you will have to download an extension onto the app in order to share your computer's sound. I found that out a little later. Some instrumental considerations you might want to think about. If the streaming service you are using is not compatible with an interface like mine, the guitar may be the best instrument to use for the majority of the session. Since WebEx is not compatible with my interface, I don't use my electric keyboard because it sounds very distorted without the interface. I know that my coworker will occasionally use the upright piano in our office during her sessions, which seems to work well. If you are using Zoom or another streaming service that is compatible with an interface, I highly recommend using that interface to provide the best quality audio. And lastly, any instruments like drums or shakers that have a warmer timbre will come through better through the screen. Instruments such as tambourines or high-pitched xylophones will sound more distorted since they have a higher and more metallic timbre. And that's all I have for you today. I hope that you found some inspiration and comfort in the information provided in this podcast today. As music therapists, we are creative, caring, and always adapting to new ways of working. You've got this. Thank you so much for listening to this episode today. And if you liked this episode, please rate and review. You can find all the show notes, links, and resources at www.musictherapyandbeyond.com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook and email us at musictherapyandbeyond at gmail.com. Have a great week, everyone, and thank you for the work you do in all the places you do it. See you next week.